night has come to Augustus, Illinois. At Memorial Hospital in a hospital room, Gregory is standing over by a table, watching Avery, who is peacefully asleep in a hospital bed. Gregory looks over at the door just as Callum enters the room going to him. Hey, Greg. Hi, Dr. Becker. How you doing? Okay, I guess. Haven't really moved that much. Just been by Avery's side since the surgery. Went in the wrong direction. We were able to stabilize her. It didn't change anything. She has serious damage to her brain. She's hooked up to all these machines. She hasn't woken up yet. She hasn't moved a muscle. I know. I just don't understand why you can't fix this. I wish I could fix it too. And I just wish I could make all of her problems go away. We had a fight. We had this huge fight. And then out of nowhere, she's hit by a car. All because of me. Gregory, listen to me. I, I don't want you blaming yourself for this. This isn't your fault. Some awful person did this to Avery. Do you know who did this? Damn right I do. If you're telling me the truth right now, then we need to call the police. No. No police. Gregory walks over to Avery's bedside and grabs her hand. We need this time with one another. I'll take care of everything later. I can promise you that. Gregory. I'm not calling the police. No, stop. This, this isn't about that right now. I... For God's sakes, look at Avery. She's awake. A shocked Gregory looks down and sees that Avery is in fact awake. Callum rushes up to Avery. Avery? Avery? Dr. Randolph? Avery, can you hear me? Gregory? Dr. Becker? Yes, I can. I can hear both of you. You came back to us. You came back to us. Thank God. Tears begin to stroll down Gregory's cheeks just as he leans down and kisses Avery on the forehead. And now, the continuing story of Forever and a Day, narrated by KCS Hutchison. At Alex Bennett and Associates in Alex's office, Alex is standing over his desk packing up his briefcase. Come in! Alex looks up just as Leslie enters the room. Leslie? Hi, Alex. What are you doing here? Well, I just want you to know that I've finally made a decision about our future. At the central grill in the dining area, Danielle and JJ are sitting at a table. I'm so glad we decided to have this dinner in mom and dad's honor. Me too. I mean, we can remember dad and mom gets out of the care facility for the first time in a while. Very true. Anyway, do you know what time she's going to come? Nope. But I hope she's proud of me for wearing this necklace. I want her to know that I treasure it. 
I'm sure she does. Upon hearing the notification from her cell phone, Danielle picks her cell phone up from the table as a look of sadness falls upon her face. What is it? What, what's going on? I can't believe this. Mom's not coming to dinner. She's still in a lot of pain from her fall. And she apologized for not being able to make it. So it's just us, JJ. Across the dining area, Stephanie is sitting at a table looking over a menu and drinking a glass of red wine. Dinner for one? Stephanie looks up and sees Jonah standing right in front of her. Jonah, hi. Hello. What are you doing here? I came to get some takeout, and I just saw you sitting here all alone. It's more of a work dinner. You know, I'm just trying to get caught up. How's your job at Opulence Monthly going? It's going good. I feel as though it's the only thing going good in my life. Why do you say that? What's going on? Jonah, there's so much you don't know. So why don't you pull up a chair? Are you serious? Sure. For old time's sake. At the Hamilton Clinic in Elaine's room, Elaine enters the living room portion of her suite as she puts on a silk robe. Hmm. I wonder who that could be. Elaine makes her way to the door. Oh, Rose. Hi. Hello, Elaine. What, um, (laughs) what are you doing here? I need to speak with you. Okay. Come on in. Elaine steps aside as Rose enters the room. So, what exactly do we need to talk about? First off, I'm very proud of you for admitting that you're an alcoholic. That took a lot of guts for you to say that to me today. Well, thank you. It certainly wasn't easy. Oh, I know. And I just want you to be aware that the next few days won't be easy either. And and that's why I'm here right now. I need to be sure that you're not going to back down. So, Elaine, are you prepared to go all the way with your treatment? Back at the Central Grill in the dining area, Caitlin enters the establishment, making her way to the bar as she is talking on her cell phone. Yes, I'll be sure to bring home dessert, too. Love you, Lagan. Bye-bye. As Caitlin hangs up from the call, a waiter walks up to her. Hi, I'm here to pick up an order for Harper. Thanks. As the waiter nods and walks off, Caitlin looks over and sees that Skye is sitting at the bar having a glass of wine. Hello, Caitlin. Hi, Skye. Picking up some dinner for you and Lakin? Yep. Good. I'm glad that you two can now share dinners together. You're welcome, by the way. What is that supposed to mean? Well, without me setting all of this in motion, you two wouldn't have been able to do these things in public, like pick up dinner, just as you talk on the phone to her. You really fascinate me. Your psychotic mind is just really out there now. Yes, I'm picking up dinner for us. Yes, I'm saying I love you, Lakin, in public. However, our lives are forever damaged because of this. My career is finished. Lakin is trying to get used to everyone around us betraying us, much like you. A waiter hands Caitlin a to-go bag. Overall, Sky, there's nothing to thank you for, so screw you. Caitlin walks off. Don't worry, Caitlin. You'll thank me one day. 
and we'll be together again soon. On the Jensen farm up at the main house, Emma enters the kitchen, letting out a deep breath. She then walks over to the fridge and opens it, and as she looks around the fridge, Lucinda enters the room. If you're hungry, there are plenty of leftovers. Emma closes the fridge and turns around. I'm not sure what I want. I just... I just don't know. At least Connor is finally asleep. I guess I can finally try and get my thoughts together. Darling, you've been hiding out here for a while now. I know you ran away because you felt the walls closing in on you. Colin confronted me about sleeping with Alex. But it was the time you two had slept together when you didn't even know Colin. He doesn't believe that, and I don't blame him. I've kept so many things from him, Mom. This is why I need to get my thoughts together. I need to decide what is next for me and my child. Do I stay here? Do I go back to Augustus? When I left, you said you never wanted to come here because you were so confident in your future in that town. First off, I didn't say I would never come here. And secondly, I thought I could, but you were right. You predicted this all along. I just hope Colin can forgive me for all of this one day. I came into his life in a moment of vulnerability. I was his beacon of hope. Now I'm no different than Leslie. She gave him something, she took it away. Now I've done exactly the same thing. Back at Alex Bennett and Associates in Alex's office, Alex crosses over from the desk and goes to Leslie. I had no idea that you would decide about the course of our future so quickly. Well, last night, it's all I could think about. Leslie, about last night, there's something I think you should know. I had... Alex, don't worry. You don't have to bring up the Aiden thing again. It was a difficult situation. Yeah, it was. And I don't want to keep breaking Aiden's heart. I don't want to keep breaking my heart, and I don't want to keep leading you on like this as you live in a hotel. Leslie, I've waited a long time for you to say these things. I'm so excited to come home. It won't be our home, though. What? It'll be a new home, and Aiden will adjust in time. We'll have a good custody agreement. He'll still have both his parents in his life. What the hell is this? I can't believe you right now. Are you saying what I think you're about to say? Yes. Alex, I'm so sorry. It's just between all the lies, all the history, everything. I can't do this anymore. I want a divorce. Back at the Hamilton Clinic in Elaine's room. Rose, today was very difficult for me emotionally. And... I've had some time to process what went down between us in the break room earlier, and I have come to a conclusion about this. Oh yeah? And what is that conclusion? Well, I want to try the at-home care program. I mean, I've read up on what this facility offers, and you do offer an at-home care. I'm well aware of what we offer, Elaine. However, that program came about for two reasons. One, it's built for people that have a built-in system. 
And two, it's there for patients who have gone through this program to continue outside of this facility if they so choose. You don't have a support system, in the way you might think at least, and you've not even begun to scratch the surface of this program. I know. And for the record, I do have a support system outside of this facility. Are you so confident in that system that you can say without a doubt that you'll never take a drink again? Do you think that at-home care will be better for you? I can't control what goes on outside this clinic. However, I can control what does happen in these walls. The Hamilton Clinic offers you more than just therapy sessions. You get to connect with every patient, every staff member, and those connections can ensure that you'll live to see beyond the bottle. I hear what you're saying. I don't think you do. Look, I'm not gonna hold you hostage here. You have free will over the situation. I just hope you make the right choice. So please, just sleep on it. Take the night to think about this. It's the least you can do. All right, fine. I will. I promise. Back at the central grill in the dining area, JJ and Danielle are now enjoying their dinner. I think I'll call the facility here shortly. Danielle, you've already called them twice. I just want to make sure that mom is doing okay. I'm worried about her, JJ. I am too, Danielle. However, she needs her space. <sighs> I guess you're right. Danielle holds her round diamond solitaire necklace close to her chest. Meanwhile, across the dining area, Stephanie and Jonah are sitting across from one another at a table. Thank you for your company. And I'm sorry for everything you were going through. I had no idea that your ex was in town and stalking you. It's something that I don't like to tell everyone. I'm trying to take the situation day by day. I just need enough evidence about him stalking me before I turn him over to the police. But that Detective Lockhart you told me about, he's helping you, right? Kinda. Look, you know you can tell me anything. Jonah. I, I know, I know. I know that what we had is dead in the water. I still care about you. Thank you. Of course. Stephanie and Jonah stand from the table. By the way, before we leave, I have to say that your earrings are nice. Are those the ones I gave you? No, a family member gave me these. They go with this matching diamond solitaire necklace, yet they only had the earrings. They gave the necklace to someone else. I'm just so grateful to have the earrings. <laughs> I bet. Have a good night, Stephanie. You too. Jonah smiles and walks off. Oh, Mom. I wish I had you here right now to guide me. I guess the earrings will have to do. Now. Back on the Jensen farm up at the main house, Lucinda and Emma are sitting across from one another at the kitchen table. Both of them are drinking a cup of tea. Well, darling, I think I need to be getting to bed. I appreciate you staying up with me for a bit, Mom. Of course. Hey, I love you. And I know that you will make the right decision, whatever that turns out to be. And you should know that you're also an amazing person, despite what you may be feeling. You really know how to cheer me up. I'm also sorry for what I said earlier. 
I don't mean to blame any of this on you. I know. Lucinda stands from the table. Good night, dear. Night, Mom. As Lucinda walks out of the room, Emma looks down at her cell phone. She has 15 missed calls and 7 text messages from Colin, 3 text messages from Caitlin, and the list goes on and on of everyone that is looking for her. <sighs> what am I going to do? I just don't know. I really don't. Meanwhile, upstairs in Lucinda's bedroom, Lucinda walks over to the nightstand by her bed and opens the drawer. She retrieves a stack of papers that are stuffed into an envelope, and she opens the envelope and then unfolds the papers, looking over the information that is on them. Oh, Emmy, I'm so sorry that I have to keep this secret from you. Just know that I never meant to hurt you. I will always love you, but this is for your own good. Back at Alex Bennett and Associates in Alex's office. You, you want a divorce? Yes. Leslie, oh, come on now. Alex, please do not make this harder than it has to be. We can share custody of Aiden equally. We don't have to rush into signing any papers. I just... I just can't be married to you. Share custody? No rush on signing papers? Leslie, you're making this sound like it'll be some cut and dry thing. Don't disregard the sanctity of our marriage like that. Oh, honey, I, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I just want you to know that I won't put up some big fight when it comes to our divorce. Well, I will. What do you mean? I will always fight for you. I love you. I know that I've made my fair share of mistakes. However, that time I slept with Emma was truly just a one-night stand. You've got to believe me, Leslie, please. I don't know what to believe anymore, Alex. Believe me, your husband. I'm sorry. I'm so very sorry. Leslie walks up to Alex and kisses him passionately. She then leans in, and the two hug. Leslie then whispers in Alex's ear, I will always love you. Back at Memorial Hospital in a hospital room, Gregory is sitting by Avery's bedside, still holding onto her hands. Callum has now left the room. Do you remember that time we were planning that trip to Las Vegas? Yeah. You were so excited at the prospect of going on that trip. Until I found out that I couldn't get the time off work. Well, that just goes to show what an amazing doctor you are. You mean, it just goes to show what an amazing doctor I was. Avery, I don't understand what you mean. You are one of the best doctors in the state of Illinois. Gregory. You can stop going on and on about what I've accomplished and referring to me in the present tense. Dr. Becker has told me about how bad things are because of this accident. I... I... 
I know that I'm dying. I know that I don't have much time left. I know I'm drifting away from this world. But you don't have to. There's still plenty of life for you to live. Oh, Gregory. My sweet Gregory. You are being foolish right now. You've got to make peace with this. <laughs> I have. I promise. It's okay to let me go. No matter what has happened, I will never let you go. I love you. Truthfully, I love you too. I know that I said I wanted to be done. I know what I set out in that break area, but... Shush. I know that none of that matters now. I know that we're fine. Yes. We are. I know you never meant to hurt me. I know that. I know that you wanted this thing between us to work out. And it was fun while it lasted. You gave me some of the best months of my life, Avery. I can't thank you enough for those months. And I promise you that I will make whoever did this pay. We both know who did this. I know. I know. But let's not think about that right now, okay? Is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything I can get you? Truthfully, I just need for you to listen to me right now. I need to get some things in order. I need to say these things while I still can. Avery. Honey, we can discuss we, we can discuss all of this in the morning. I'll stay the night. And then Gregory, please. Just I I I just need for you to listen. Okay. I'm listening. Now, I'm just gonna get right down to business here. I'm not gonna let my words get the best of me. <laughs> you never have. Very true. Anyway, I think you should know that I want to be cremated. Furthermore, I am an organ donor. Also, I want my ashes scattered by that lake upstate. Lake Floral? Yeah, where we had that picnic. Best day of my life. Mine too. I think you should know that after I die, it's okay to move on from my memory. Gregory, I do not want you to be a complete wreck over this. I want you to live your life to the fullest. You can fix everything with Dominique. I believe that now. You can start life truly anew. You think so? I know so. 
What time is it? It's 10 p.m. Oh, I'm usually on my last bit of post-op notes now. I'm usually getting ready to go home to watch Wheel of Fortune reruns. <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but you know how much I love game shows. I know you do. And then after that, I usually just fall asleep. But tonight, I think I want to go to sleep now. Are you sure? Yes. I'm just so tired. Okay. Gregory stands and unfolds an extra blanket that was sitting on top of the hospital bed. He then lays it on top of Avery. Good night, Gregory. Good night, Avery. I'll see you in the morning. Yes. Yes, you will, my love. Avery smiles and slowly shuts her eyes. One hour later, the night has carried on. Gregory managed to sleep a little next to Avery, and as the hour ticks up to almost midnight, Gregory opens his eyes. He sees Avery. She is still asleep, but she is now looking very pale. However, Gregory seems to hear a voice and feel her presence. Do not stand at my grave and weep. I am not there. I do not sleep. I am a thousand winds that blow. I am the diamond glints on snow. I'm the sunlight on ripened grain. I'm the gentle autumn rain. When you awaken in the morning's hush of quiet birds and circled fight, I am the soft stars that shine at night. Do not stand on my grave and cry. I am not there. I did not die. <laughs>